Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. I'm going to take us on a little journey of dreaming and scheming for this episode, but first I want to just give you a picture of what the human change cycle actually looks like. So when I went through coach training, we sort of based a lot of the way we would coach and the tools that we would use as a coach based on which one of these squares that people were in. So the analogy that Martha Beck uses is uh, about a butterfly. So she talks about how when we are in our little chrysalis, so we're the caterpillar, we get in our chrysalis, we turn into basically a pile of goop. And there's not a whole lot going on. That is square one. So we will often, you know, say like people don't even know which end is up in that square. Typically there is a catalytic event that gets us there. So you know, uh, you know, some people will lose a job and they'll get into that space. Some people will, um, get a divorce. Some people will have lost someone really close to them, you know? So there's usually kind of a catalytic event that gets us into that sort of what we call dissolving or death and rebirth square. And keeping in mind that we all have been in these squares. If you haven't been in this square that I just described, you probably just haven't lived long enough yet. So I don't, say that to scare you. Um, but it is sort of just the human experience. You know, we all kind of experience these, these this cycle. The second one that I already mentioned is square two. And we kind of call that the dreaming and scheming square. So there's a lot of imagining going on here. It's pretty fun. You've gotten out of the funk of, I don't know which end is up. And now you're like, Oh my gosh, think of all the possibilities. This is where a lot of people are when they start this journey with, you know, evaluating their relationship with alcohol. They're excited about it. You know, there are many people that talk about the pink cloud in the sobriety community. Um, You know, I didn't really experience that, but I also think it's because I wasn't an alcoholic. So I think that made um, part of the difference there. Um, But, you know, it was just one of those things that I just didn't have this mindset of like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so easy. I'm going to quit drinking. I really knew it was going to be hard. You know, I really didn't expect that, um, that this was just going to be rainbows and unicorns. And just because it was easy for a week, it was going to just be easy forever. I knew it was going to take a lot of effort. So, um, so there's a lot of that dreaming and scheming space where people get really excited. There's usually a lot of energy in this space too. So that's good. You know, I get clients that come to me all the time. This is actually kind of my favorite square to work in. Um, With people, many coaches love to work in square one where it's like the death and rebirth and they're going to, you know, help people get out of the pit of despair. And I'm not interested in that. I am more interested in people that are, they have some energy, they're excited, they're ready for growth and development. They just need um, some help there. So that is square two. Square three is uh, called reforming. Sometimes it's also called the hero's journey. So it's where a lot of action happens. This is where all the dreaming and scheming has to actually be put into action. 
So square three can be scary. You know, we actually have to start doing it. So if we decide in square two, we're going to take a break from alcohol. We just want to do 30 days or we want to do, you know, 14 days or whatever that looks like. We um, will be excited about that. Then once we actually have to put it into action, we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> now, now I've got to actually do this thing and I don't actually know how to do this thing. So just keeping that in mind that that's completely normal for you to have some self-doubt in this, in this square and for you to start to question like, gosh, do I really want to do this? That's completely normal. And then square four, which is where most people never get to, is what we call full flight or I like to call it the promised land. So it is that space where you're like, I mean, nothing can knock you down. Like you're, you're healthy as could be both mentally, physically, spiritually, all the things. And you're just being, you're just living the life that you've always wanted. You're doing things that bring you joy. You're saying no to the things that don't. You're telling the truth. It's a beautiful space to be in. I would say today... On this exact day, I am in that square. So I am in the promised land. I've been there before. I've also gotten knocked right back down and been in square one before. So keeping that in mind that this truly is a change cycle because um, we don't always get to stay in those spaces without lots of effort for sure. Why people don't get to square four is because they give up in square three because that's where it gets hard. That is really a hard space to be in because you're putting all this dreaming and scheming into action. You're going to have some failures. It's completely normal. Um, you know, it's a reforming space. So that also means we're learning, right? We are learning new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things. And we have to have some grace for ourselves there. People start to beat themselves up in square three because they haven't gotten far enough or they haven't achieved enough or they failed too much. And I'm like, yo, you got, you know, a 90% on your test. That's really good. I take it, you know, just because you didn't get a hundred percent, who cares? You got a 90, you're good. Um, so keeping that in mind, I like to always stress, uh, progress over perfection in square three, because people will, um, will go back the other direction because it gets too hard. So keep pushing through that. You can get to square four. So I bring this up because I want to just dream and scheme with you a little bit today. I remember when I first started this journey back in November of 2020, and at first I was like, gosh, is this crazy to take a 30 day break during the holidays? I don't know. Maybe I'm a crazy person. This is usually a pretty stressful time of year. And then I decided, you know what, if I can do this during the holidays, I can do anything. So I think that's going to give me a lot of confidence. So I think I just need to just do it, you know, and just say like, I am the type of woman that does what she commits to. So I am going to do it. Um, and that was true. I always have done what I, well, I shouldn't say always, of course, there's times where I haven't always done the things that I committed to towards others, but I was really good at that. Most of us are where we lack that commitment is to ourselves. And that's so interesting that we'll let ourselves down all day long, but we're not going to let, you know, even a perfect stranger down. It's fascinating to me how we do that to ourselves. So, you know, I was thinking about it and then, um, you know, I was thinking about how hard it might be. And then using my coaching tools that I use with clients all day long, I said, gosh, what could be really beautiful about taking a break during the holidays? Like what could be the benefits? And I was just like, it just popped into my mind this sort of image of sitting on the couch with my beautiful Christmas tree up on Christmas morning and having my kids wake up and just being fully present with them, totally clear headed, no wine on board from the night before, not even a glass and just feeling great, like feeling, 
at peace and feeling all the joy and the magic of Christmas. So I had that sort of imagery in my mind and I was like, gosh, I think I want to really experience that. I haven't experienced that. Um, you know, I obviously didn't drink when I was pregnant, so I was pregnant during the holidays multiple times, but you know, you feel like crap (laughs) when you're pregnant most of the time. And you know, it's just not the same experience for sure. And so, um, so yeah, I was really just, I was really excited about that. So that was sort of the dreaming and scheming. Then I had to start to put the things into practice. I had to take the break and that did get harder. I mean, there is no doubt about it. There is something that happens to us chemically, even if we don't have a substance use disorder. So no matter where you kind of land on that spectrum, even if you drink on the weekends or you drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday, your body still doesn't have time to get rid of the chemical effects, um, of the alcohol. Uh, even if you take a three, four day break doesn't have time to get rid of it. So you still have some of the chemical reactions there that you have to get clear of. So you do have to, you know, quit for a more extended period of time. It's why I focused in on 30 days. I think 14 days is also a a sweet spot to commit to. Um, and then, you know, you decide after 14 days what you do. So, um, it was the first week, you know, it was hard. Like my brain was used to that dopamine kick it in the evening when I had my drink and that's what it does. It gives us the happy chemicals and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I feel so much better and so relaxed. And then the next morning our brain's like, Oh, that was too much dopamine. We got to balance that sucker out, you know? And so then it's trying to balance that out. And that's why we wake up feeling like not just physically terrible, but we feel emotionally terrible. Um, and we, you know, our body's just trying to create that, that homeostasis or balance. So, um, you know, chemically I had to get clear of that. So it was not easy. This, this was, you know, square three. Then I got, you know, uh, closer to the holidays, closer to Christmas time. And I was actually really at peace with my decision to, to stop drinking. And I just kind of kept going because my 30 days was up before Christmas. So after Thanksgiving, my 30 days was up. And I was like, I just want to keep going. I really like, I have this image in my head about Christmas morning without alcohol. And so, um, so that was really cool. And actually it was during the pandemic. So we weren't having like huge family gatherings with a bunch of wine and drinking and all those things. So it was pretty easy. Um, it seemed like an ideal time to do it. So I, you know, went through Christmas, went through new years without any drinks and it was lovely to be honest. I mean, it was the most peace filled holiday season I've ever had. And I was afraid that it would be filled with stress because I wasn't drinking. Hmm. How interesting. The opposite was true. Um, and that's just one of the biggest lies that I, you know, thought was true about alcohol was that it actually reduces your stress. It does not. It adds to your stress exponentially, both physically in your body and emotionally in your brain. So keeping that in mind, I didn't know that at the time. Um, I did my own little experiment and I was like, Oh, well, I don't even have to read this in a book now because I know it is true because I just did it and I can feel it. So, you know, we are in September, we are nearing, um, sober October. Lots of people like to do that. So maybe you try that. Maybe you say, you know what, what she just described is exactly what I want. I want to go through Christmas, New Year's, even Thanksgiving, all the holidays sober, um, or at a minimum, you know, like I still say sober when I have a small little glass of something, if I have a small little glass of wine just to taste it, because I actually want to taste it with the food I'm eating or whatever that is, um, that doesn't even like, that just doesn't matter to me because it doesn't affect me. And the actual definition of sober is being unaffected by alcohol. So like four ounces of wine doesn't affect me. So, um, you know, whatever you want to commit to, there's no rules here. 
Um, but maybe you could join my 90 day program. You know, maybe that's something that you could commit to and say, you know what, I'm going to try exactly what she said, because I really like that image. I like the image of having a holiday season completely clear of alcohol. And you might decide after the holiday season, like, you know what, that wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be, or wasn't as great as what Rachel experienced. Totally fine. At least, you know, like it's only 90 days to experiment. Uh, I do give you lots of tips and coaching tools inside of the program. So you get weekly content that you can guide yourself through. So it's really at your convenience. And, you know, I feel like that is an important piece to it. So it's not just like, I'm just going to take a 90 day break with no structure because that's hard. (laughs) It's really tough to do. Um, You can also opt to do one-on-one coaching with me, which a lot of people have done uh, to enhance that experience. I really think that's like the Cadillac of the whole thing is to do that one-on-one coaching um, with me. And so that way you can have that support um, throughout throughout the program too. Some people have done the program and then they've done the one-on-one support, which I find interesting. You know, they've taken in all the information, they've reflected on it, they've applied it. And now they're like, okay, now I'm going to take it to the next level with one-on-one, which is awesome. So if this is something that you're interested in, set up a call with me. You know, I always do free calls with people um, just to see where you're at, see if it's the right fit for you. Um, you've probably followed me for a little while at this point. And so you kind of know like, oh yeah, like I'm following her because the story sounds really familiar. Um, and I haven't been able to find somebody that talks about it in this way. So, um, feel free to set up a phone call with me and just, you know, ask yourself what it is you want. Like what it is, do you, what it is it that you want? Not what you think other people want, not, you know, oh my gosh, well, if I don't drink at the holidays, people will ask why that'll start to get into your brain. Nope. What do you want? Do you want to have a completely sober free or sober, um, alcohol free holiday season? If the answer is yes, let's go for it. I mean, what are we waiting for? Right. Have a wonderful week. We will be back next week and I hope you have a, a lovely week with less alcohol in it.